Friends podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Singer. I'm a Christian writer and blogger living in the beautiful state of Alaska. I'm also a trauma survivor and a mental health advocate. I've been through some tough things in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Grace Moments is about helping you hold on to belief in your darkest hours, embrace hope by knowing your suffering is never wasted, and be inspired by the stories of others who have survived their own tragedy. Life, however difficult, can be a meaningful journey, and I'm here to walk it with you, so let's do this together. Well, it's the week of Christmas, and I've been thinking about what is something special I could put up here this week that... Regardless of where this season finds you personally this year, you could come away feeling a bit more hopeful. You've heard me say it over and over again on this podcast. The science shows that whenever our bodies and our brains get stressed or unusually aroused and our defensive responses are heightened, certain parts of the brain shut down in order to put you in survival mode so that the majority of your body's energy is directed toward your most basic functions. And one of the parts that goes offline temporarily is your prefrontal cortex, the part of your brain that helps to logically enable you to reason through a problem and also helps to calm your limbic system, which houses your fear center and controls stress responses. This means that when you face difficult things in your life, it's all the more important to have strengthened the parts of you that don't just help you survive suffering physically, but also mentally emotionally, and spiritually. Knowing how to return to the unshakable facts even in the midst of great hardship is how you move through it and grow from it and get stronger because of it. And one of these truths we'll look at today is simply this. The gift of God's Son, born of light into the darkness in that humble manger, announced to simple shepherds on the hills of Bethlehem, and prepared to one day give his life for the sins of mankind, That gift proves the lengths to which God will go to reach us, no matter what conditions we find ourselves in. God loved us enough to go the ultimate distance in order to offer us hope, and it's that hope that we celebrate at this season every year. With that in mind, let's talk here for a few minutes together. In previous holiday episodes, and even a recent one this year, I've touched on the fact that Christmas isn't always easy for some people. There are difficult memories and connections associated with the season that are more painful than happy, and it can mean that the joy of this time of year can be harder to find. The darkness of winter's deep seems to reflect the darkness in the soul as they look for any glimmer of faith to hold on to and redemptive space to rest in. I've had a few Christmases like this too, and I was reflecting back on that while I was making my notes for this episode, and I was struck by a simple idea I'd never considered before. I don't know why I hadn't seen it yet and amongst all my Bible reading for years, but darkness has always been the backdrop to the places in which God showed up the most. Contrary to what we may think, God hasn't always come or made his biggest moves in the broad of daylight or the peacefulness of life gone right. Often, he uses darkness as the contrast for his presence as the light of life, a way to invade the heavy of our world and our hearts and show us the real hope he brings. This pattern actually started at the dawn of creation, when in Genesis 1 it says that the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. But what came next? 
and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Right from the start, God establishes the fact that he willingly steps into dark places. He creates in such spaces. He brings light to such spaces. As King Solomon noted in 1 Kings 8.12, the Lord has said that he would dwell in thick darkness. God, who is light and in whom is no darkness at all, makes his home in the dark places to redeem them and create something new. Our very world and the first beings of the human race were made by God within the context of existing darkness. And this goes to show that God isn't afraid to step into formless and empty places weighing heavy with the presence of darkness, in order to do a new thing. Keep this in mind as we go along. It should be noted here that I think many of us make the mistake when we read scripture that all darkness is connected with sin, when in reality there are several words the ancient Hebrews had for types of darkness. You can learn more about this by listening to an episode I did some time ago called Walking with God in the Dark. Suffice it to say, There is a difference between the darkness of sin, as many of the epistles refer to, and physical darkness, such as in Genesis 1, or the darkness of despair and hopelessness, like is mentioned many times in the Psalms. The point to remember here is that no matter what type of darkness may be occurring at any time, God still goes there and makes his presence felt. We not only see God establishing this theme of invading the darkness at the creation of the world, but also through the Old Testament history and prophecies as he set in motion his plan to redeem the world after the fall of Adam and Eve. In Exodus 10.21 we read, The people stood afar off, while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Moses had to enter the dark place in order to interact with God. And perhaps we would do well sometimes to remember that dark places in our own lives can also be holy places where we meet God as well. Foretelling Christ's birth, we see the prophet Isaiah proclaiming in Isaiah 9-2, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. Think about that for a second. The light has shined on those who live in deep darkness. If you turn on a light in the light, it does little good. But if you turn on a light in the dark, you see it all the more brightly. If God only came to places where the light already is, perhaps we as humanity would hardly see him. And just maybe there is a reason he chooses the dark places as his first point of entry. To that point, later in Isaiah we read God promising, I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. These are the things I do, and I do not forsake them. In 2 Samuel 22:29, we see a statement of truth from David as he sings a song of deliverance and praise, You are my lamp, O Lord, and my God lightens my darkness. All this sets the stage for what happened on that night in Bethlehem. There was no indication that anything special was about to happen. The town was crammed because the census was taking place throughout the Roman Empire and everyone had to return to their city of lineage to be counted. And in how many of our ordinary days has God actually planned to invade our own lives with something special, even when we didn't know it? How many times have we been like those in the city of David who had no awareness that the Son of God was in their midst? Think about it. These Jews have been waiting for 400 years for a word from God. There have been no prophetic communication for four 
whole centuries, only complete and total silence. Sort of like the beginning of creation in a way where things were formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep. It probably felt like that in a way to these people also. And some may have even given up hope that God would ever speak again. I know there have been times I've wondered the same thing. The heaviness of suffering has so blinded my sight that I've nearly given up hope of God coming to meet me in such a difficult place. I felt as though God stopped talking long ago and just left me to hurt in silence and walk alone through whatever was going on in my life at the time. Perhaps you felt the same way also. And yet, at that very moment, the plan of God was in motion that would forever change the course of history. The breakthrough was only a brief moment away. Maybe that's something we need to be reminded of in our adversity, is that the turning point of the trial is usually just beyond the place where we feel like giving up. When we've come to the end of what we think we can bear, God is just beginning his greatest work in the situation. But back to the Christmas story. In the city of Bethlehem, in a stable because there was no room left in the inn, we find Mary giving birth to baby Jesus, conceived by the Holy Spirit, and God entering the world in human form at night. Out on the hillside, when we read of the angel's proclamation that Messiah has been born, we see shepherds learning of Jesus' arrival at night. This is crazy to think about, but the first recorded words we read of God His first command in Genesis 1, let there be light, was spoken into darkness. Now we find God's first act of redemption was an announcement proclaimed at night into the darkness that the light of hope had come to make things new. Isn't that incredible? God arrived into the world in much the same way as he made it. Mankind had corrupted it, but God used a similar means to redeem it as what he did to create it. The patterns of God and his mysterious ways are truly amazing. And here we think God isn't doing anything when we don't humanly see him moving in circumstances. Maybe we need to pause and rethink that assumption sometimes. The Gospel of John puts it well in his first chapter as it states, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world, He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus and the light he brings will never be overcome by the darkness. Even though the darkness is heavy and people do not always recognize how and when he shows up, the fact still stands that the true light, Emmanuel, God with us has come and is always coming and will come again one day to receive us to himself for all eternity. Nothing can stop our unstoppable God. The light always wins. Some months after Christ was born, when he was brought to the temple to be blessed per the Jewish custom, and Simeon gave his eloquent thoughts recorded in Luke chapter 2, he calls baby Jesus a light to reveal God to the nations. Years later, well into Jesus' ministry, we see him calling himself the light of the world in John 8, 12, and giving the subsequent promise that whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I don't think this means that we won't feel the effects of sin in our world, or that we won't have seasons of great sorrow and heartache in our personal lives, 
even though we call Jesus our Lord and Savior. Rather, I think Jesus means that even in the midst of these things, we will have the light of hope in Jesus himself to guide and comfort us along the way. We won't be without a helper or a friend, no matter what we go through. And this brings us to the conclusion I want to drive home today. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Paul echoes what John said back in his gospel that we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father. This is the essence of the Christmas story. For God so loved that he gave. Even when humanity wrecked the perfection of the world he had made, God cared enough to send his son Jesus to earth to be as one of us, though in perfect form, so that eventually, out of the darkness of the cross and the grave, he would rise victorious over death forever and give us a way to be reconciled to God. Because we have been given this hope and the messianic promises of God have been fulfilled in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we can face our own dark seasons with hope, for as it says in Romans 8:11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. This means that you have the same light inside you to give you strength, to keep you brave, to grant you hope. So no matter what you may be facing at any time, you have not been left to face the darkness on your own without help. Just look around you at all the twinkling lights. Here in the Arctic of Alaska, the darkness makes these beautiful bursts of color sparkle all the more beautifully, and so too can the light of God become even more real to you with the backdrop of your suffering and the darkness of your situation. If you know how to look for him in the little demonstrations of his love and compassion that he sends, you can know that he is with you, bringing both his presence and his peace to your shaken-up world. The reason a baby in a manger gives us hope is because it was the greatest demonstration of love the world has ever seen. After all, what king would care enough to give up their son to die in order to save the nation? But that's in reality exactly what God did, except that he did it to save the whole world. And he also did it so that people like you and me, who perhaps find ourselves struggling to see and feel God in the midst of our pain, would have something cemented in history as a reminder that God cares. So even if you're not feeling exactly in the holly jolly Christmas mood with everything mistletoe and happy, God comes to meet you where you are. So you can remind yourself of this fact and return to the truths we talked about today as proof that the love of God can be found anywhere. And just as he's been moving in the darkness since the literal beginning of time, he can and will move in your darkness today. So Merry Christmas to all, and thank you Jesus for coming to show us that the darkness never wins and that there is such a thing as a living hope. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast as well as leave a review. If you want to read additional content, please visit and subscribe to my blog at www.graceopens.blogspot.com. You can also connect with me on social media via Twitter at OpenToGrace2015 Instagram and parlor at Open to Grace Alaska, and on MeWe under my name, Katherine Singer. I'll see you in the next episode, and remember, Grace will always meet you where you are. Mm-hmm.